0: Welcome to the Brew Crew Review
1: Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewer. All right, Brewer fans, welcome to Brew Crew Review Podcast. I believe we're at like 175 or 76, something like that. So joining me today during uh, this holiday season is Vince Travato. Vince, how are you doing? i'm doing great craig how are you doing you sound a little
0: uh stuffed up not too bad hopefully you're feeling okay and uh getting over uh whatever it is that you might
1: have picked up in the uh, wisconsin winter i know it's snowy up there right now yeah um i'll get through this it's just a little bit of a head cold so yeah, hopefully um i'll be all better before the holidays so yeah the um the big news though and that's why we wanted to jump on and do this podcast for our listeners is uh I know that we talked last time on the podcast that we really feel that the Brewers offense last year was so terrible um, that there really needed to be some roster turnover. And uh, with the shocking news of David Stern stepping down as president of baseball operations and now just GM, uh, Matt Arnold, really fully at the reins of this ship, um, you know, that we thought maybe there'd be some quite a bit of roster turnover. And so far, I think this is proving to be true, but it started with a with a big trade here that I think no one really saw coming. And I think so far has been universally loved by Brewer fans, by, by uh, not only Burr fans, but pretty much all, everyone throughout baseball is saying that the Brewers were the winner of this trade. So let's quick get into details in case uh, you haven't you have been paying attention, Brewer fans. But uh, So the three-way trade yeah. that Brewers were part of um, – the Atlanta Braves landed the biggest piece in the prize of the trade, and that would be Sean Murphy, catcher, all-star catcher that was on the Oakland A's, traded to Atlanta. He still has three years of uh, team control. So he was really the you know the biggest piece, so the name in this trade, of course. And then Oakland received from Atlanta, they received Kyle Muller, Freddie Tarnock, so a left-handed pitcher, a right-handed pitcher, uh, Robar Salinas, uh, right-handed pitching reliever, and also catcher Manny Pena, And also in part of the deal, from the Brewers, the A's receive Estuary Ruiz, um, outfielder slash utility infielder, um, that the, the, the Brewers just acquired uh, in the Josh Hader deal, as I'm sure is fresh in everyone's mind. But the Brewers end of it, they receive from the Atlanta Braves – 25-year-old all-star right-handed catcher William Contreras, younger brother of Wilson Contreras, who just signed a big contract with the St. Louis Cardinals, our rivals. And also as throw-ins, we also got a couple of young bullpen arms, and that's uh, Joel Pye-Ups, uh, and also right-handed pitcher Justin Jagger um, from the uh, – Oakland A's. So from, from the Braves, we got pie and from the A's we got Jaeger. So it's pretty intriguing uh, trade. And I I think, I guess, what are your thoughts on it? Vince?
0: Well, I think I will join with um, most of my fellow Brewers fans here and say that I really like this deal. And um, it's kind of refreshing to say that I know that we were all, I don't want to keep going back to this forever, but I, I know how disappointed all of us were um, for the most part with the Josh Hader trade. And it's it's nice to be enthusiastic about a move that this front office has made. Um, I enjoy, I think that the the Wong trade is a net positive for the Brewers. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the Renfro trade um, just because it depletes our lineup a bit, I think on the power side, but this is a move that I think the Brewer fans can really get behind. Um, I was really excited to see that the return was a guy who we still have team control over for the next five seasons. Uh, that's very exciting when you get an all-star talent for, for that uh, many years, that's already under contractual control. I, I think that um, I think that we, we, we probably won this trade in terms of you know, what we gave up. I, you know, I think that Ruiz has some positive value for sure. I don't think that, you know, he's a guy that, we're not going to miss on some level, but I certainly think that we more than made up with it with getting Contreras. And um, you know, one of the best things about this trade to me was that Contreras is playing a position like catcher and to have that solidified for this long um, provided that all continues to go well with his career. um, I I think it's a really positive thing for the brewers. And um, I think it's going to pay some immediate dividends on the field. A lot of times uh, a team, especially a team like the brewers make the trade, looking at the longer term future or, or even a shorter term future situation. And I think that this trade manages to kind of knock off both the present and the future, um, in the same deal. So that's why I'm especially excited about it. I think that we're going to be improved on the field in 2023. And I, I think that this makes the team better in the long haul as well. So I, overall, I'm going to give Matt Arnold an A plus on this deal. The fact that we got two other bullpen arms, which, um, you know, have some potential upside uh, to me is just icing on the cake and, and, and a bonus uh, considering that all we gave up was Ruiz. I was just waiting for <laughs> waiting for the other shoe to drop and figuring out who else we might be giving up on when we first started to hear about the trade uh, from a few of our, our other colleagues who were reporting it. But um, yeah, for me, this was, this was definitely a win for the Brewers.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people are questioning throughout baseball, you know, is Sean Murphy with three years of team control even that much more valuable straight up than Will than uh, William Contreras with five years of team control? I mean, right. it, it, I think that's like a horse of I mean, they they were both All Stars last year. Um, obviously, Sean Murphy is better behind the plate, but probably slightly less, um, well, maybe equal with the bat, but less power than Contreras. And again obviously Murphy's more proven also, but Contreras had awesome rookie years last year with 20 Homer and less than 400 at bats with a really good OPS. And uh, I mean, cat power hitting catchers that young and team control ball do not get put out there on the block very often. And obviously the only reason he's made available is because they're acquiring a catcher in this trade. So uh, it's very interesting the whole dynamics of this because the only reason that the A's are even willing to trade Sean Murphy is because when they traded Matt Olson to the Braves last year, they required uh, top prospect catcher uh, Shea Langiers Leng- in that trade, and therefore made Murphy available. And now, of course, he's going to order the Braves. So it's interesting and all this movement us not getting Olson. Like I know you and I wanted last year via trade, uh, somehow has you know netted us. Well, you know Wilson Contreras here at a, at a catcher, yeah. a huge, huge hole in a roster. Obviously, with uh, Omar Narvaez uh, becoming a free agent and really underperforming, I guess last year, especially. But yeah, I mean, it,
0: well, and, and Craig, I just want to point out too uh, to to your point about um, the defensive side of this trade. I, I I agree that I think that obviously Murphy is a lot better defensively than Contreras, which is probably the reason why the Braves wanted to make this move uh, in some ways. But that being said, I think that the Brewers particularly have the ability, as, as was pointed out in the press conference following the trade, to, to to transform catchers and take their defensive game to new levels. And I think that that's a credit to Charlie Green. We've heard from numerous sources that, that he is a guy who has been able to work with a lot of guys who were not viewed favorably defensively over the years, including bigger names, guys like uh, Yasmani Grandal or um, Omar Narvaez or uh, Manny Pina, guys who... Who were rated fairly well offensively and had average to below average catching metrics, who, after working with Charlie Green, uh, are able to improve dramatically on that side of the their game. And um, I even think that it goes back further to to guys like Jonathan Lucroy, who came up through our system when Charlie was a roving uh, catching instructor. And now I know he fills a variety of roles with the Brewers organization. But I, I think that uh, you know having somebody like Charlie Green in the organization, Nelson, uh, Nelson Corridor. Uh, being in the organization, these are guys who have a track record of being able to work with catchers who are rated a little bit lower defensively and who um, are able to 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 make bad strides uh, defensively during their time in your Brewers uniform.
1: That's a great point, and, and you know, kudos to the Brewers having Charlie O'Brien for just that. And and yeah, all your points are valid. I mean, I, even back when we acquired Narvaez from the Mariners a couple of years back, he had a similar pro- profile where he was really better with the bat but not so good behind the plate and I think he almost switched his profile over his couple of years at the Brewers and I think Charlie O'Brien definitely like he mentions, probably had something to do with that and <laughs> I, there was actually some talk that the Braves were considering moving him off catcher even uh, the fact that he has a weaker throwing arm had a lot of pass balls as a rookie and it wasn't all that great in framing but I think a couple of factors here the fact that he, you Know he has so much more valuable by being a catcher. Um, I think that's uh, and the fact that his older brother is a everyday starting all star caliber catcher, formerly of the Cubs and now with the Cardinals, both are rivals. I think my guess is that William Contreras himself wants to stay at catcher. So, um, I think that being young enough, 25 years old, and willing to put in the work um, to make himself better behind the plate. I think he's that he's really going to move on to a great situation here with the Brewers. And I think that he's going to be an asset to us for the years to come. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's hard for me to remember a last time there was a trade that was this universally, um, uh, I mean, even Christian Yelich, I think there were some fans when that trade went down that were like really, you know, thinking we gave up too much prospect, you know, and, and too many young players in that deal. But obviously, that proved to be not the case. And I think this this trade is even more universally thought of as a, a complete win for the Brewers. The one question, I yeah, guess, yeah,
0: I, I, I would tend to agree, Craig. And um, to your point, I I think that I think that Contreras has the most value as a catcher. Um, so I, I I very much think that he is going to stay at that position. And we've also heard from. Uh, our anonymous source, Tom Carter, who said the same thing. After talking with with William, I think that the idea is, is that they're going to keep him as a catcher. So thanks to, thanks to our anonymous source, Tom Carter, on that bit of information as well. One of the only guys to talk to William Contreras so far since the trade.
1: Yeah, and once again, he, he prefers to be called TC, just so he keeps giving us that inside information. But, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it, it actually – and I think that this – obviously, this – trade does it – A question to you and also to Burr fans that are listening. It almost feels like this softens the blow of the shockiness of the hater trade because I think that Ruiz, who could become a really good player in his own right, I think a a young catcher has already established himself slightly at the major league level, is much more valuable, especially with five years of team control than someone like Ruiz, who I think has got obviously a high ceiling but also a really low floor. And I think his variables are – off the chart as far as he could just literally turn into nothing in my opinion. Uh, so does it soften the blow of the hater trade? Knowing like looking back if assuming Robert Gasser becomes a starting rotation member at some point with some upside really now what we've got to show from the hater trade of just, you know, from this past July, which is not that long ago, we've got, now we've got William Contreras and Robert Gasser, um, does this change your opinion of the Brewers making that move at the time <laughs> or does it still feel like um, it's a wrong move to make? My my answer is uh, no, it doesn't. I still think it was a bad
0: trade. Um, I think it made a bad trade less bad, I guess, is my best take on it. And the reason I say that is because it took us out of the running in a year that we were very much in the running. So that's that's really what bothered me about um about the trade is just, you know, when you're when you're at first place from opening day until the trade deadline, and then you make a trade that makes your team worse, um, that to me is not going to ever be a good trade. So I think even more, especially for a team like the Brewers that, you know, have such a small handful of postseason appearances in the entirety of the history of the franchise. So um, no, I think it was still a bad trade, but I do think that it made a bad trade better. Uh, I guess is is my takeaway, and and that doesn't take anything away from Contreras or Gessner. I think that really it was more the timing than anything. If they would do the Hater trade, if they would have done the Hater trade the day after the World Series this year in 2022, and we got those two guys, I would have actually been okay with that. I think I I, I think I would have been far less upset about the trade at least, and I would I would certainly have gone into it with a bit more of a an open mind in terms of judging the trade. I think that for me it was the timing more than anything. And, you know, I don't I don't want to continue to rehash this trade every single every single podcast, but it is important enough that we should for a while still because it is a trade that has had such an impact on the franchise. And it you know, as Craig Council said at the winter meetings um a week or two ago in San Diego, he he, he at the Brewer's front office kind of didn't understand the full impact that it would have on the clubhouse and on other, you know, facets of the organization. So, yeah, I, I think, I think it was a bad trade that was made a little bit better in the last few days here.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly on the same, This the same assessment of it, basically. Um, I, I don't think it really softens a little much on it. I mean, obviously getting Contreras is a, is a big get uh, and like a much more on the Ruiz. Um, but with that being said, if, if we, if the Potters came to us right now and said, um, well, you know, will you take, uh, we'll, we'll trade you back Hater for Contreras and Gasser, I'd probably do it. Even though if we just had him for this season. I mean, I really think he's that valuable to a team with playoff aspirations that it would be worth doing to me. I would sign some other free agent catcher instead or whatever. I mean, that's what I would do, but. But with that being said, yeah, like you said, the timing made it pretty horrific, and it really hasn't changed much. So, unfortunately, um, just real yeah, quick,
0: yeah um, I, I I will say too, I think that this that this trade can't be all that we do this off season. I think that this is a it's a good start. I don't think that we're there yet, though. So I think we've upgraded now from Narvaez. So I think that that's, that's a net positive for sure. Um, but again, we've kind of regressed in some other areas, perhaps. So I I do think that I my my hope is that the brewers don't see the fan reaction and say, "Oh good, we've sort of placated a lot of people who were pissed off at us still from the hater trade. So now we're good." Um, no, I want
1: this
0: I want the message I want the message from the fans to be, "Hey, we like this trade. We need to keep going in this direction." I think that that's that's my mindset with all of this.
1: And we're sitting here on December 15th, and uh, I think we're one of only two teams. I and the Miami Marlins are the only two teams that have not spent a dime in free agency yet. So, again, the offseason, yeah. still got plenty of time, but it feels like we're in the same position we are every year, at least the last couple of years, where we're laying in the weeds to jump in the bargain bin. Jump in the bargain bin. to be reactive. Yeah. Yep. Or, or wait until you know everything shakes out, and we're like, Oh, it's like musical chairs, everyone grabs someone, and then well, no one really needs these outfielders anymore. So, hey, um, Will Myers, will you sign with us for six million in one year? Oh, cool, come on board, something like that. It, it just <laughs> feels like we're going to be like that, so we'll see how it plays out. But we're, yeah, we're not targeting anyone that we're going to be signed to a multi year contract at this point. Um, so, uh, real quick before we move on from this trade, uh, so. Joel Piemps, uh, right-handed pitcher. Again, he does not have a very good strikeout rate. He's got some nice pitches, but, I mean, he really just profiles a bullpen arm only. The value to us is that depth in the bullpen, where, and he's got minor league options and lots of years of team control off where we can shuttle him back and forth. And that's something that this organization seems to really like to do to keep fresh arms and also just for depth reasons. So he, he's, he does hold some value to us for that. And the same thing, Justin Yeager, he – has a huge strikeout rate, kind of opposite of high Huge strikeout rate in the minor league so far. And coming over from Oakland, I, I really think that he could have a future, you know, back in the bullpen profile. However, he does walk a ton of guys. So, again, it's almost like any reliever prospect ever that has, you know, has been marked a future close or anything like that. He's got that just such volatility. You just don't know until he gets more experience. But he's intriguing arm nonetheless to add to our – System, so I mean, I think we would have won this trade if it was just Reese for Contreras straight up big time. But adding those guys is just like icing on the cake. So, big, big yeah, to Matt Arnold. I think he he fleeced uh this situation by getting involved as one of the, the three teams in this trade for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And you know, the arms um, are great, you never know. Arms are in some ways a diamond dozen in the bullpen, but they're also guys that tend to very much increase or decrease their value year by year. So I I don't know that we know exactly how high their ceiling might be because we might find that these guys end up developing uh, an incredible capacity to, you know, be an eighth inning guy, for instance, or who knows, we just don't know. Sometimes these guys take longer to develop generally. And sometimes you don't really see the potential of what bullpen arms particularly can do in the minor league. So if you've got, you know, a few positives, like a plus fastball, um, if you're, if you're able to, you know, generally control three pitches those types of things um are things that the brewer's front office is going to see and and be able to at least work with so and again um if neither of the pitchers that we got in this trade pan out i still am going to consider this a win to get you know an all-star catcher for ruiz for five seasons um so i i'm going to take that but anything that we can get from these guys um is going to be a bonus and you know who, who knows maybe they're throwing in a trade with somebody else down the road too we just don't know Um, how that can play out. But if it's nothing, it's still a W for this team.
1: And it should be pointed out that Contreras' rookie season and his numbers they put up with the Braves were quite a bit, I think it was very unexpected. He was never like a top five, even in their system prospect in the Braves system going into last year. So I think his numbers at major level last year far outweighed a lot of his uh, years in the minor leagues for the Braves, but it could have just been a sign of a breakout. But on the flip side of that, same thing with, Esri Ruiz who really was not even a big prospect he he had some mediocre years um, but then all of a sudden broke out last year big time at triple a and had uh, you know like hit 330 with like a 450 on base percentage and had like 80 some steals throughout three levels last year um, or two levels and three teams whatever but the the bottom line was that also could be somewhat flukish as well so I mean until he established himself a little bit more I I'm completely fine moving on for Ruiz, And I don't think anyone again, he, you know, he, he didn't do that that well for just the brewers. And so I think it's it's a lot easier for a Burr fan to swallow moving moving a player that really, you know, didn't even get the opportunity with us. So I think people are really excited. Catchers who can hit, especially for power, are, are, are difficult to find, young ones, especially. And having Contreras five years take control is really exciting because now we don't have to worry about that position for a number of years and, that, and that, that's the it's teams always have a hard time finding good catchers. Uh, and so we, to, to get a, a yeah. in my opinion, a top 10 in baseball catcher, uh, with five yeah. team control is pretty, pretty awesome. So huge kudos. To well, especially especially um, Craig,
0: when we've got the ability to teach more on the defensive side than the offensive, it's, it's, I think tougher to, to, to develop offense than a catcher. Um, I think the defense is a more naturally, um, coachable, thing uh in some ways with a catcher who's got to focus on on you know defense a little more anyways so I think that I think that it's really good when you find somebody with the skill sets of William Contreras and, and what he can potentially add to this lineup so yeah I'm I'm very excited to see what he's able to do at Miller Park and I'm excited to see um hopeful improvements in that position from last year's Narvaez uh Caratini platoon I, I like the Contreras Caratini platoon much better
1: Absolutely. And not only that, with, with Contreras on board, who I also really like, uh, especially for as a backup catcher, uh, or even a platoon guy, but I think that when he gets day off behind the plate, Contreras will I even slide in for some at bats on her in the DH slot, especially against lefties. So uh we shall see uh, so I think he, he's going to be a really valuable piece for this team on the offense side and plugging. I mean, there's some projections. I think Ross resource plugged him right into our cleanup as our cleanup hitter. which is just kind of saying something, but about the middle of our lineup. But I mean, the bottom line is this, this kid can hit, he's not going to be the number eight header uh, in a lineup. I mean, it's pretty exciting in my opinion. So, all right, moving on. Yeah, don't, don't uh, moving on to the next trade, uh, the, the Brewers also being obviously a minor one, but, uh, They just yesterday required uh, second base slash first baseman Owen Miller from the Cleveland Guardians for cash or a player to be named later. Um, So Owen Miller is twenty six years old. He was drafted in two thousand eight in the third round of the draft by the Padres out of Illinois State, but he's originally from Mequon, Wisconsin. So he's kind of coming a homecoming kid, coming home, Um, and he started off. I mean, he was actually traded a couple of times from the Padres to the Guardians uh, just over a year ago for the Mike Clevenger deal. Obviously, he wasn't the main piece in that trade, but um, now coming over to the Brewers, I, 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 I think he was a uh, last year for the Guardians. He he started off this the hitting scorching hot in April. In fact, I think he was league baseball in batting average, like hitting like 450 in April last year. But then it really came down, crashed back down to earth, his bat did. But he has a pretty good track record of hitting in the minor leagues. And I think that the Brewers really sought him. And I think he was a a victim of a roster 40-man roster crunch for the Guardians. That's why he was made available to us for – it's going to be virtually nothing. Um, So it's exciting because he's really just entering his baseball prime, being 26 – and I think with a little bit more opportunity, he could establish himself as an everyday player. So he reminds me a little bit of what, like, when the Brewers acquired to Tal- uh Roddy Telez, where like he wasn't really getting the opportunity, wasn't really you know earning himself one. Uh, but given everyday at bats, he could really turn into something. Now, I don't think he quite has the power ceiling as uh, as Telez does, but I think given the opportunity, he could become an everyday regular, and uh, for a hometown kid, that's pretty cool. And, he, he really yeah. is a fan favorite wherever he went. He's been, he, he's been known as a gamer. So that's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. I know that, um, I don't know if you read the report from, from Scotty's interns, but our colleagues, Scott and Chad went to the press conference today and Owen was asked, uh, probably by Scott, uh, about who his favorite players were, um, growing up or what it meant to be a brewer. And, he said that he's always dreamed of being a brewer and that his favorite players growing up were Ryan Braun and Niger Morgan. It's hard to believe that we've already got guys playing in the big league who <laughs> kind to of view those guys, who view Niger as one of his idols. But uh, that is a quote that came out of the press conference today from our colleagues, uh, Chad and Scott via the
1: interns. Well, it's really starting to make me feel old. So you, you think that uh, the guys on the team, Ryan Braun, entered the team, I guess, like what, 15 years ago? So I guess Owen Miller was about 11 years old, which is pretty, pretty much uh, Baseball, yeah. childhood prime uh when when ryan came to the league so i can see him being his best player wow it's kind of ryan uh owen miller was let's see 2007 was Braun's first year
0: uh owen miller was 11 when brawny made his debut
1: yeah so uh wow and now he's a brewer so that's pretty cool uh but uh i guess we should also Point out that in order to create the space on the roster for Miller on the 40 man, the Brewers actually had a DFA, a former top catching prospect in his own right, and that's Mario um, uh, Feliciano. I think I'm yep. Yeah. So, I mean, he was a top 10 prospect here in the Brewers system for a number of years. And I think there were some thoughts, obviously, that he could become an area catcher, but it's, it's an unfortunate well, he, story because, oh, go ahead. He, he still- He's still in the system, though.
0: Um, he wasn't claimed by anybody, apparently. So he, he, I think, is uh, still in the Brewers system. That he, he, my understanding is that he's already passed through waivers. But I guess there's that's not official until 48 hours a, after the Miller acquisition. But we don't know exactly what time that that happened. But uh, my understanding is he's outrighted off the roster without being claimed. He just remains in the Brewers organization in the minor leagues. So yeah. So um, I, think I think we're
1: we're taping this podcast still in that 48 hour window where he could get claimed. And I'd be actually shocked if he wasn't, but it's a possibility he can stay in the system, which is fine. Uh, but I guess the point I was going to make, whether he's in their system or, or he gets claimed by someone else, uh, if he does get claimed, the, the Brewers have, I think, up to seven days to trade him or something before he has to be given to the claiming team. But um, yeah, I think he holds really a little trade value at this point, just because this is just like another example of how the, the last year of the pandemic for minor league players was really something that's detrimental to some of their development. And I think Feliciano is is an example of that, especially like a young catcher really needs those reps behind the plate and with the bat and everything like to lose an entire year. Really, it's just sad because I think he'll get passed by these guys that were playing that year, possibly in high school still or whatever, and didn't lose a year of their development. And so it's unfortunate, but yeah, he really has not hit very well the last two years. And I think, fortunately, you will have to probably get his autograph if you don't have it already, Vince, because I think he played three games or something like that as a Milwaukee Brewer. He did. He did, and I got it. Got it. All right, so it's all taken care of then. Uh, But with that being said, hopefully, can stay in the Brewer system because you know you can never have enough catching uh, in the minor league. So. Uh, But if he does move on to another organization, we wish him the best uh, as obviously a former Milwaukee Brewer, but really excited about having Owen Miller just because he, you know, hometown kid, kind of a fan favorite in other organizations. He's like a grinder. His versatility is awesome. I mean, he can play second base, first base. Uh, He he hits lefties really well as a right-handed hitter. He even has, he played some minor leagues as shortstop and third base. And I think he even played, he, I already started a game for the guardians in a pinch at, at shortstop last year. So really you can play all over the infield and possibly even a corner outfielder and to have someone like that on your bench. I mean, he's really just like replacing our Jace Peterson role really. Um, and just like Jace, if injuries happen and with depth, he could, you know, go a lot of everyday at bats this season moving forward, which I think he could really do well with. Yeah. So he, he really has a good idea of what he's doing at the plate has awesome contact rates. So, I mean, I really, really love, love this guy. So. Yeah, no, I do too. I'm excited about him. Um,
0: Our bench is kind of interesting. It's a, it's a, you know, a a situation where we have a number of bodies now, which is good between Owen Miller and uh, Mike Brousseau. And um, I would assume Caratini is our backup catcher. And we still don't know what role And you and I have talked about this, but um, I think Luis Urias is, is probably best suited to be a platoon bench guy, but uh, you know, that's a discussion that the team I think is going to have to have. Um, and then of course we just re, uh, picked up Abraham Toro in the trade, um, with Seattle for Colton Wong. So we do have a number of guys kind of in that bench mix. The one thing with all the guys that I just mentioned is that they have options remaining. So, um, you know, it's good to have that organizational depth. Uh, we've had guys like you mentioned, Jace Peterson, guys, like, on the same talent level, but guys like Pablo Reyes, who have filled in in the last couple of years, um, in that utility infielder role. So, i I'm, I'm excited because I think that we've overall upgraded our bench. Um, I think that losing Jace is going to hurt a little bit, but we are going to we have been able to make up for that with some of the guys that we brought in. So um, I, I think that we're slightly ahead of where we were last year on the bench at this point. The bench is lacking a little bit of power. I think a lot of that's going to depend on what happens with testing here on um, here before opening day. But
1: yeah, um, and he's interesting. Some decisions to be made. And a, a couple of points here. I, You mentioned Toro, who I'm kind of excited about also at at that age where, you know, he could break out with regular at-bats. But I think with this addition of Miller, I think Miller is going to get the 25-man bench spot. And I think even though Toro's on our 40-man, he'll get probably squeezed with his option to start with everyday at-bats at at the AAA level. Obviously, a hot spring could change this, but that's my thoughts on this, uh, that Toro probably get everyday at at third baseman uh, and, and be there for depth. Um, at third and short, and sorry, not at short, at third and second base, uh, you know, and, and those are still some question mark positions for us. Obviously, you know, Louis Urias will factor in at one of those two spots in some fashion. I'm not sure if Bryce Terang will start the year on the 20th and, and roster, Manning maybe second base. Uh, the real question here, though, really comes back to is what is casting Hira's role on our, team on our 25 minute roster starting this year and what is his possible role in the future I think it's it's really make or break time for Casher now and he might not even have yeah. to have the opportunity to do that what, what's your overall thought on Kesha here whether, uh, what his role will be going forward in this organization or whether or not it's time for him to move to another organization
0: well I you know I was talking about this earlier um today with someone else I I think I think Keston has one of three paths at this point. Number one is, and I think it's the most likely, is is that he's the Brewers designated hitter. Um, I think that we've seen that he can't really, he's obviously not a, a good defensive second baseman. And I think that we saw in 2020 that being a first baseman messed with his head a little bit. I don't know that he would admit that, but um, he didn't seem to function well uh, when he had to play the field or at least when he had to learn a new position and play the field at the same time. Um, so I think that, you know, he's always had these raw instincts as a, as a pure hitter. I still like him. Um, I think that he could be a DH if he's given less to do defensively and perhaps it should be made known right away that he's on, you know, a couple months at least. I, I don't know that I, I certainly don't think that we want to continue doing the yo-yo thing where he's up and then he's down. And um, you know, I, I just, don't see that as being a good, a good fit for him. The second possibility um, I think is that he is your right-handed power threat off the bench. He's got gap power. He's got actual power, particularly when we play the Pirates. Uh, So uh, I don't think it's a bad thing to have a guy who can uh, come off the bench and hit home runs, um, you know, at any given moment, uh, be a very viable late inning option. Um, So maybe that's his best role. And then of course, the third possibility is, is that we try to, you know, come up with any sort of Trade that that we could, but at this point, I don't know what kind of value that Hira has in a trade. Um, I'm sure that somebody would take a flyer on him, but the return that we might get is going to be far less than it would have been a couple of years ago. So I just don't know if the value is there. To I, I still think he's got more value to us than a trade. So let's just put it that way. So that's that's my take on on Hero.
1: Yeah, I agree with that take as far as. Um... <sighs> He just doesn't fit. I mean, obviously, we value versatility. And by having so many other guys versatile, I think we can get away with having Keston here not that versatile, meaning can, not only can he not play many positions, he may not even be able to play one position. <laughs> I mean, so it's hard to have a guy on your bench that can't play any fielding positions. I mean, technically, you can play for first and second, but Owen Miller can do those things now, too. So to have Keston be the person on your bench you know, where there's really nowhere he can platoon or even come in uh, defensively. Uh, it's not ideal. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough for to keep him on the 25-man roster unless he's playing every day and, and raking, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear that, Craig. I think, so
0: my take on that is is that you can have one guy on your bench that doesn't have a ton of positional versatility. You know, one guy who's sort of just, there, I'm trying to think of somebody good from like Brewer's history. Somebody like a like a John Vanderwall, you know, the guy could just come in and hit and sit back down. Or Char- I, uh, I Charlie Hayes, maybe. Yeah, maybe like Charlie Hayes. Charlie Charlie got more starts than I would have wanted in uh, the 2000 season, but yeah. Um, I so I think that Keston could still fill a role. I'm not down on Keston. I think I think it's easy to be down on Keston because our hopes were so high for him going into his career, just, you know, being a first round draft pick for the Brewers and putting up the numbers that he did um, throughout the Brewers minor league system and just all the hype that comes with that. But um, I think the custom still has value. I think that, um, you know, one thing that kind of doesn't get talked about quite as much as it probably should is the impact that his mom's battle with cancer had on him. Um, a, a couple in 2021, um, so I, you know, that's going to take its toll on anybody, let alone a young kid. Um, these guys are young guys. I think, I think that the talent level is there. I think that we saw him make some improvements in 2022. Um, he's never complained. He, he has done what he's been asked to do. So I, I'm, I'm a little bit more bullish on Keston than, than some others. And I think that whether it's as a DH or as that power throw off the bench, I personally would, would tend to keep him, particularly when his trade value is going to be um I think a little bit lower uh, around the league than uh, his value would be. Those,
1: and that's why I think. And,
0: and, uh, one, and one, one final one final thought on that too is that especially after the Renfro trade, you know, we we traded a guy who has who had a decent amount of power. Uh, the The fact is, is we don't have a lot of guys with power on this team right now. So I think that I think that that's another element to Keston's game that does exist. That you know, when he does make contact, he has gap power. So um, I think that's something to keep in mind too.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, such a highly touted prospect, like a top 10 overall pick in the draft, um, you know, back in 2017 where he's picked ninth overall. Uh, but I mean, it's really, I mean, it he's also going to be, he just turned 26, just like Owen Miller. And um, you know, he's entering his baseball prime and he needs every day at bats. And I, I, I almost want to think like a team like the Pirates or even Marlins or something would be chomping at the bit to acquire him and trade and throw him in the lineup and just let it, see what his bat does because if he really breaks out, I think he still has that like near superstar ceiling, and so if he's going to do that, you'd hate as a Brewer fan to see him do it with another team. So that's why I think they've got to give him one last chance, and and, and his window to have the opportunity is closing very rapidly, especially on a team that wants to be a contender. Um, I, I think. It, like you said, give him every day at bats somehow at DH or whatnot um, for the first three months of the season. If he takes off, then he's he's solidified that position. And then, you know, you'll have to leave Jesse Winker, who I think they expect to play a DH2, uh, more outfield or even consider trading him then and flipping him. So, and if he doesn't break out, then I think you just have to, for his own sake and even for the organization, I think you just got to move on from him. And I think, unfortunately, trade him low then. And uh, and and just for Kesson's own good as a, as a human being and a baseball player, that he maybe does catch on and take off in another organization just because the opportunity here – you know, it's it's not going to be there any longer. So this happens a lot around baseball. Like when you finally get to the end of the time where you're out, you've had opportunities and you didn't run with them. Given circumstances, doesn't matter. Like at some point an organization has to move on from you. And we're really nearing that stage with Keston. And I, I think baseball, the Brewer fans themselves are even feeling it. So I, I would love for him to have success here in the first couple months of the season and break out and show that he is a middle order hitter uh, and an all-star in the future. And we'll see how that goes. But Um, but yeah, it's, it's a long it's, it's been a long climbing, uh, hill for Keston, you know, from the great promise that he showed. And I, I feel like he still is young enough to, to still enter into that. Um, one last thing, I guess, Matt Arnold is now as fully at the reins of the Milwaukee Brewers and controlling, uh, our roster moves and whatnot. He have him and Stearns, both were disciples that came through the Tampa Bay Rays organization. And, and if you really think, about the Milwaukee Brewers and how they're being built uh, in the last couple of years, it almost feels like we're the Rays 2.0, because the Rays have also a very, very small payroll in in a small market and their front office has done a pretty amazing job at keeping them as like perennial contenders and play and, you know, making playoff appearances year after year in spite of a lot of roster turnover. So the reason that how they've been able to do that is with, a couple of things, uh you know, keying in on roster versatility and finding platoons that make both sides of platoon adding up to almost an all-star level player, and the Rays have been able to do that time and time again, and to the point that we're even bringing in former Rays organization, like someone like a Mike Bursao. I mean, is really yeah only there to hit left-handed pitch it, and that's it. So, I mean. I don't know if this formula works. I don't know if I'm hugely in love with it, but it seems like that's that's the philosophy that we're taking. And these last couple of acquisitions like Toro and like Miller speak to that same volume where, where, where they're going to be given an opportunity to, um, you know, be at least a platoon player and get semi-regular at-bats at the everyday level and they can contribute. Then they can solidify themselves as an everyday player or if nothing else, this philosophy, this raised philosophy, I'll call it really it, the most valuable part of it. The part that I do like is it provides great depth for injury because if any injured player goes down, there's someone there that can play their position almost at anywhere in the diamond. And that's, I really like that. You know, that the versatility that, that brings in the depth uh, where you can, you can turn to a guy while someone's recovering on the IL or whatnot. So, I don't know. I, yeah. I'd prefer for us to target some really good everyday players to sign to like a three-year contract and, and not have to worry about platooning. But uh, I get for a couple of positions, it really works out. And, uh, and then every once in a while you have a guy like Roddy Flores who probably got brought aboard is like, well, he'll play on the strong side of platoon at first base and we'll see what happens. Well, he solidified himself as everyday player, finally of the breakout year last year. And so with this philosophy, those type of players, you know can emerge and i think that owen yeah. miller or, or Taro, or even someone like louis Urias or casted hero as all these guys are right in that entering that baseball prime of 25 27 and that's part of this raised philosophy too target guys that are starting to you know knock it every day at bats at other organizations bring them aboard and if they hit their if they hit their stride right, right when they hit their baseball enter their baseball prime you could really have yourself a player on your hands it, so that part of it i do like so yeah absolutely all right well uh i think they'll have to wrap it up for today so hopefully there's some more hot stove action for the for the brewers uh in the next couple of weeks so we can bring you some more podcasts but uh and yeah we'll, so hopefully everyone it's, has a happy holidays
0: yeah i was gonna say too and thank for um all of you who have, have sent in uh to to scott loves baseball at yahoo.com uh to try to convince our co-host Scott Bartell to re-embrace the Milwaukee Brewers and the sport of baseball uh as being the great national game that it is um and to, to return to our show uh to talk to his friends here about baseball. Um we're planning on delivering some of those messages to Scott here in the coming days to to help to save uh Christmas and our show. Um so hopefully Scott does return. I know he was, you know, scouting around the flinking around the press conference today. At, at miller park but hopefully we get them back here shortly on the set yeah returning the, the
1: love of baseball back to our co-host scott bartell we'll certainly save christmas here on the brook review set so we, we appreciate it uh so yeah get those emails sent in uh here between now and christmas please um to scott loves baseball at yahoo.com give them reasons yep. why baseball is awesome Whatever you want to send, uh, poems, YouTube clips, links to old brewer highlight videos, um, reasons why, you know, Keith Ginter is awesome, and all those type of things. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think we'll have Scott back here in the fold uh, within no time. So we appreciate all yeah, per- from, our, from our listeners. Such, so. such a great man. And uh, don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter, Brook
0: Review One. Uh, is our Twitter handle. We definitely interact with fans uh, on Twitter on a regular basis. Um, so feel free to reach out and we will read uh, your, your questions on the air during our next
1: episode. Uh, you can also email us at brook review podcast with an at gmail.com. All right. So this holiday season, remember, brewer fans, to stay warm and to stay classy and go, brewers. Go, 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 brewers. <laughs> do, 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 do.